Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. In these six verses is pictured the heavenly joy over the destruction of Babylon. Chapter 17 and chapter 18 describe the final over judgments of God upon uh, the beast, upon the world, and upon false religion, the religious system. And in these six verses, four times you have the word Alleluia. The name, uh, the only place in the Bible, that it, the only place in the New Testament that this word occurs. Uh, Hallelujah. Now, there were two, it was twofold. Uh, verse 2 says, uh, For he hath judged, uh, for true and righteous are his judgments. And then, for he hath judged the great whore harlot, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants. Now, the twofold rejoicing stemmed from the righteous judgment of God meted out uh, upon the harlot, uh, because of her corruption of the whole earth. And then, because in so doing, uh, he avenged the blood of his servants. That is, the children of God that were martyred, and ones that were crying out, because of the beastly systems of, not only of the end time, but from John's time until this. Uh, <clears throat> Then uh, verse uh, 4 tells us that the 24 elders, the heavenly beings, and the four living creatures uh, uh, worship God, fell down and worship God, saying, Alleluia. And verse 5 says, The voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God. Uh, this voice is some heavenly being. It, uh, I don't think it would be that of the Son, otherwise, uh, it wouldn't, praise our God would not 
seem appropriate expression. Uh, never, he never used that expression. Um, but it was a heavenly voice, uh, an angelic being, uh, said, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now, the joy, all of this, again, is a prophetic announcement. Of course, the, the, uh, but in the progress of revelation, we have reached the point of the actual judgment upon the earth. God's, the only judgment left is the judgment that is to be executed at the personal return of Christ to the earth. And it will, uh, and that judgment will uh, be meted out upon the beast, the false prophet, and the kings of the earth that, uh, that came, uh, evidently, uh, congregated, united, uh, from all parts of the world, but not all of the world, not all kings, not all nations, and yet the expression we have all nations, all people, the kings of the earth, and the and the the ten kings, and the kings of the east, you know, that came from Euphrates, and yet that does not, uh, uh, it, it's relative, any of the judgments, all the reign of the Antichrist uh, is not total, in other words, it's not complete. It covers the major portions of the earth, all right. All of the earth will be affected by his reign, but not directly. In other words, uh, they will not uh, all be slain. They will not all be killed while the beast is there. Because we read about the nations. I mean, that's what will be left upon the earth. We read that uh, in when we come to the uh, 20th chapter. There are still nations uh, upon the earth, but... Uh, this is heaven's reaction to the, uh, uh, to, John, uh, saw the, the fulfillment, uh, of the bold judgments, and when the end of that came, why, then he sees great rejoicing in heaven. On earth, there was great woe and lamentation. See, in chapter 18, you read about how the kings of the earth, uh, lamented and how the uh, seamen, uh, the commercial men, the people that had things to sell, the uh, uh, all sorts of riches, and uh, the uh, wine and flour and um, everything that every category of of the economy was affected, uh, and those people that were that suffered loss and will suffer loss will be in that, uh, will be seen lamenting that fact. Uh, now. Who is it small and great? Uh, what, that? small and great? Both small and great. Who's, yeah. Is that a, well. What, is, what relation is that small and great? Is, it, is that the kings and see what kings or uh, how do you take that one? Yeah, well, uh, that's right. Uh, 
different classifications of, of people rank in the earth. In other words, from the highest noble nobility to the peasant. Now, now we come, we, uh, we come to verse 7, and uh, through verse uh, 10, we have an announcement of the marriage of the Lamb. Now, it's an announcement, uh, only, uh, the, as we will notice as we continue studying, but now, when we talk about the marriage, marriage of the Lamb, the marriage supper, uh, there's, there's several questions that naturally come to mind. Who is the bridegroom? Who is the bride? Who are the guests? Who are the attendants? And uh, then when uh, will the marriage take place? Where will it take place? And what constitutes the marriage? Now, the marriage symbol uh, is used in the Bible, Matthew 22 uh, and Matthew 25. We have uh, two uh, illustrations, parables of the about the marriage. And one is the inception and the other is the consummation. Uh, Matthew 22 uh, tells of the betrothal, the engagement. And Matthew 25 speaks of the actual uh, wedding itself, uh, of the time of it. Nowhere, uh, although we, uh, it says, let us be glad and rejoice, give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now, uh, here, this is announcement, the time of the wedding has come, uh, but the wedding itself does not take place. Uh, now, the interpretation of this passage, nowhere in uh, Revelation is it more evident, uh, the explanation, the interpretation you give concerning this passage will point out your overall uh, understanding of the book of Revelation. It'll position you either in the uh, preterist view or the uh, historicist or the dispensational or the futurist or uh, or the allegorist see the whatever if this is a if this is just a symbol as the idealists say the spiritualists the allegorists say well then this sets forth uh, principles of uh, uh, that are con- being contended for in other words, righteousness is now tri- about to triumph over wickedness. That's principles. That's the position of uh, Matthew Henry, Barnes, many uh, of that uh, type. Uh, most reforms hold that view. Then, uh, the if you're a dispensationalist, well, you're going to say that this marriage has already taken place or is about to take place. It's on uh, what uh, particular group uh, of dispensationalists you're with. Uh, The dispensationalist says when uh, Christ comes, he's going to come back secretly, come twofold. The first coming 
His first coming will be secret when he raptures what they call the church. And to them, the church is the bride. The church is the wife. See? And yet, they distinguish, many of them distinguish between the Jehovah's wife and Jehovah's bride. They claim that Jehovah's wife is the Old Testament saints, and the bride is the New Testament saints. The bride consisting of uh, only the children of God that have been saved since Pentecost. And that the bride, the marriage of the Lamb, is going to take place between the Lord Jesus and the church, or that portion of the redeemed, from Pentecost till the rapture. Therefore, that leaves out the Old Testament saints, you see. Now, the Old Testament, uh, uh, if they were resurrected, uh, see, they, they don't believe that the Old Testament saints were resurrected at the coming of Christ, when he comes secret. Only the dead in Christ, meaning the bride, the church, the saved from Pentecost on. Of course, that is an arbitrary uh, interpretation. Um, but uh, that's their that's their view, and some of them say that uh, the marriage takes place in heaven when they return immediately upon returning, because at the rapture the bodies are, re- are resurrected and they have new bodies, and yet and and return to heaven, and the marriage takes place then. Well. Some, however, you see, that would present, that would, uh, uh, tell you that the marriage takes place prior to the tribulation. Others, uh, maintain that this scene, this wedding scene here, only takes place after the tribulation. The tribulation is over. And then the marriage and the honeymoon is coming back to the earth with the Lord uh, riding white horses. Now, uh, of course, I don't uh, understand the Bible to teach uh, the marriage uh, supper, uh, the marriage uh, in, in that fashion. Uh, because, uh, first of all, I don't believe in the, uh, that Christ comes uh, in the form of a rapture as they uh, teach. In other words, I don't believe he's going to come secretly. I don't believe he's going to come at one time. And that First Thessalonians 4 will take place at the same time Matthew 24 is fulfilled. After the tribulation of those days. Uh, so, uh, but we will uh, then the uh, the historicist finds events in the past through which um, the marriage the, the, these uh, events occur. Now let us uh, let us read uh, the verses. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. 
And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, here you have the announcement of the, uh, of the marriage of the Lamb. You have announcement, uh, pronouncing a blessing upon, uh, upon them that are invited, uh, that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, it's certainly true in uh, human affairs that a marriage and a marriage supper are two different things. Uh, The marriage supper is a celebration of the marriage. The marriage is the uniting, the joining, the union of uh, man and wife. All right, what is the marriage uh, what, did, what does the Bible mean when it uh, speaks about the marriage of the Lamb? Uh, certainly, the groom is easy in, in ordinary life. You have uh, a groom, a bride, some maids, uh, a maid of honor, or, or guests, attendants, and you have a, a minister to perform the Wedding in nowadays, in olden days, it wasn't necessarily uh, so much a official uh, portion or part of the ceremony. But uh, today, we you'd have to have a minister there. Well, uh, it's evident that nobody marries the Lord Jesus uh, to the bride, and uh, it's also evident that uh, in the human uh, marriage, why the wife knows something about uh, the plans of the of the marriage. At least they know who the guests are. Uh, she has uh, a say in where the marriage will take place and when. Uh, but in this uh, event, this uh, similarity here. Uh, of course, the bride has nothing to do with it determining the wedding date. It's unknown. And, uh, but there is, there's something that the bride, uh, apparently has to, uh, something to do. And that is the making of the wedding garment. Now, uh, let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come. All right, when does it take place? Before he returns to the earth? Of course, this account now is given between the rejoicing in heaven at the destruction, at the final consummation of God's wrath upon the earth and the coming of Christ. But it is only announcement. The In, in Revelation 21 you will find where the marriage of the Lamb takes place. You have no marriage until chapter 21. Chapter 21, you will have uh, the coming of Christ, 
the uh, binding of Satan, the casting, uh, the the, uh, the resurrect, the first resurrection, resurrection of all the righteous dead, and the millennial reign, and then the period of uh, or a little season of loosing of Satan from the abyss. And then the Lord's final judgment upon Satan, upon those that join with him. And then the judgment of the great white throne. And then when that's over, then you have, then, he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And it tells you about the bride. He He's going to show you the bride. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven to the earth. In other words, the whole sum total of the union of the redeemed with the Lord when there will be no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more sickness. That's the, that is when the marriage, the union takes place. Actually, the marriage, uh, uh, the biblical concept is simply one of union, one of gathering together of all of God's people. And when they're symbols, uh, then they will, uh, then the marriage will have taken place. Now, we are living today in the age of what is known, what you would rightly call the courtship. Uh, now, you could illustrate it, I mean it is illustrated pretty well, of course not in every detail of course, uh, when uh, Abraham sent Eliezer, you know, to get a bride for Isaac, uh, he went and uh, he carried lots of treasures that belonged to Abraham and Isaac. And uh, he, uh, when he got to uh, Laban's house, he told him how rich, uh, that is, uh, he, he told him how rich uh, his master Isaac was. And he evidently demonstrated the riches. He at least had never seen this woman. This woman had never seen him, Rebecca. And yet, this super salesman talked this woman into going back with him uh, in becoming the wife the, uh, of Isaac. Uh, now, uh, so actually, we are in that period, see. The scriptures tells us that uh, that she said, I will go, I'll become his wife. She's willing. She's ready. But she's not his wife. She's his, uh, in the sense of a married wife. In betrothed or engaged, yes. And her fidelity begins uh, just as much at the time that she says, I will, I will go, as it was when she got down off of her uh, uh, the camel or beast and uh, went uh, to meet Isaac. And the scripture says, and Isaac took her unto himself in his mother's tent. And she became his wife. See? She, he took her to be his wife. She had, the agreement had been made uh, days, weeks before, because it took some time to make this journey. But actually, the union of the marriage did not take place until they came together. 
Now that's exactly what uh, will occur uh, after the resurrection of the uh, 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 after the first resurrection, uh, and it's possible that uh, that that might be the time when. But I I rather uh, believe that the marriage takes place after, uh, in chapter twenty-one because the sum total the of the redeemed are not uh, are not indicated until at that point and then uh just as the marriage of uh, Rebecca and Isaac uh it, it's uh, there was the taking there was the union and no no doubt uh, uh, according to revelation 21 uh, that they live happily ever afterwards because uh, when you can live in a place uh, with, with no tears, no sorrow, no death, and uh, you, in other words, the, the glories of eternity of the new heaven and the new earth, John sees that holy city, the new Jerusalem, come at the Lamb's wife. See? Well, what, what is for? It's getting ready. It's an emblem, a picture of the uniting of Christ and the redeemed. Uh, well, but now let's, let's take it up here a little. Um, the groom, uh, evidently is the Lord Jesus. Now there's a lot of, uh, argument as to who the wife is, the bride. As I noticed, dispensationalists will limit it to a a uh, few uh, uh, limited to the total number of the redeemed from Pentecost to the rapture, uh, and by that uh, they mean a se- a seven year period before seven years before he comes to the earth. That he doesn't come at the rapture to the earth. You see, well, uh, then uh, the. Uh, there are those that say, well, the bride is certain church or certain sect, a certain group or certain denomination. In other words, it's their, their church altogether and other churches come in as guests or as attendants. These, uh, the dispensationalist says the wedding guests, the, uh, the guests are the Old Testament saints. They say the attendants at the wedding are uh, all of the martyred dead, ones who lost their lives, that were beheaded for the uh, testimony of Jesus and for the uh, faithfulness to his word. Now, uh, different religious groups uh, point out that they are the bride uh, and that the others are are children of God, they're welcome, but they're they're invited simply as guests to the wedding. Actually, if you follow, uh, study this closely, you study Matthew 25 closely, Matthew 22, and you won't find a description of the wife. The, The wife, the bride, is not there. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, you read about ten virgins. Uh, well now then the, it was these ten virgins who were waiting 
for the coming of the bridegroom, all right, to receive the bride. But nothing is said about the bride. She's never mentioned. She plays no part in the 25th chapter of Matthew. 22nd chapter either. You have no description here of the actual wedding. Nothing taking place. It's announcement simply. Now then, since the world is judged, since the great harlot is judged, now comes uh, the, the marriage of the Lamb. Uh, the amount of the, the fact that it's, uh, but it says, uh, soon. Some interpret, said, now come to mean soon. Uh, and say, well, if you wait till after the millennium, that, that wouldn't be soon. Therefore, the wedding's got to take place, uh, before Christ comes to the earth. Well, if so, you've got the resurrected, and none of the dead could be in that wedding, don't you see? You have no, uh, the dead's still in the grave. Uh, that is according to the Bible, and according to theories, they say that the, uh, that the bride dead were raised seven years prior to the coming as spoken of here in the 19th chapter. Uh, and to her, now notice the bride, the wife, hath made herself ready. And to her was granted or was given that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Not the righteousness of the saints. Nearly any uh, critical examination will uh, correct the King James translation here. Now, the bride uh, makes her garment. And the garment that the bride wears is said to be her righteous acts. Now, of course, that won't set well well. A lot of people, because the righteousness, uh, if the King James translation was correct, it would refer to the imputed righteousness of Christ in justification. It would have to do with the righteousness that we receive, uh, as uh, Romans 5 uh, describes. Uh, but the bride, they already have that. The child of God. Uh, at regeneration receives all of the imputed righteousness uh, that Christ ever bestows. That's what clears him from guilt. That's what constitutes him a, a child of God. That comes uh, as a legal phase of his uh, of righteousness, of justification. And no man can lay anything to his account or to his charge because uh of his standing because of his position in Christ, in God. And nothing can touch that position. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about here now, the wife has made herself beautiful. The uh, beautiful, uh, because a wedding garment is not made all at once. 
you make a wedding garment, a person that, when it makes it, it's, it takes a lot of sewing, a lot of hem stitching, and, uh, and a lot of work, see. Well, what he's, what he's emphasizing here is, uh, a contrast, uh, of chapter 17 and 18, those that followed the great harlot, and this woman. Now, she was decked and arrayed in scarlet and purple and, and um, uh, all sorts of jewelry and everything. But now then, this woman, uh, uh, the bride, has made herself ready by the garments that she has made. In other words, she has, it's her faithfulness, it's her loyalty, it's her uh, complete allegiance uh, uh, to God. And uh, you're going to remember that uh, this is coming through periods of tribulation. The more, uh, the closer we come to the coming of Christ, the greater the persecution, of course, is going to be. And the greater this test, uh, and, and the more meaningful, uh, the raid in purple and clean linen, white, fine linen is a righteous of the saints, righteous deeds or acts of the saints. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.